All right, hold on. Had to get that out of the way. <laughs> this is going to be so classy. I swear to God, Alex, if that ends up as like the stinger before it <laughs> starts, I'm going to be really pissed at you. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the GemCast on Hologram Radio. I'm Kay Tempest Bradford, filling in as the person who tells you about the things for Alex Knight. I'm a science fiction and fantasy writer, and I am joined by Aline Sims of her podcast called Less Than or Equal. Less Than or Equal. So this week, we are going to be discussing episode eight of season two. The Treasure Hunt. In this one, a wealthy billionaire with far too much time on his hands (laughs) has a contest in which he involves young children and rock stars. They have to go around his strange grounds of his mansion and answer literary-related clues. It's the holograms versus the misfits, and there are children involved. This is going to rock. Stay tuned. Before we start recording uh, this podcast, Aline was saying to me that she really liked this episode. And I was like, oh, I kind of really don't like this episode. So this whole podcast is going to just be a fight between me and Aline. <laughs> throw <laughs> down. This episode. It's going to be a throwdown. It's amazing. Uh, so the writers of The Treasure Hunt are Ellen Guan and Christy Marks. So woohoo, Christy Marks. Yay, Christy Marks. Yay for that. Um, I, I don't know. I don't remember. If Ellen Guan has written other episodes. See, this is why we have Alex, because he always looks up this information. But for me, I'm just like, whatever. Episode. We start the episode uh, in the vast library slash office of some rich dude with a rich accent named Xanthos. And he's the head of the Xanthos Foundation. And he's not Xanatos from Gargoyles, which is kind of <laughs> sad, but he does have dark hair and a mustache. I guess that means something. This show is rich dudes with dark hair and mustaches. I I can't. It is really (laughs) rich, really, uh, we'll be generous and say quirky guys who do weird things. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this weird thing, he says that he wants to have a treasure hunt. He's going to sponsor two teams to have a treasure hunt on his vast estate. And then his assistant starts talking and she talks just like him in this weird, richy person accent. But I bet she isn't as rich as he is. Um, <laughs> and so she's the one who's uh, going to be coordinating this treasure hunt on the vast estate. And the winners of this treasure hunt will get a priceless item from the Xanthos collection. Ooh. Ooh. Yay. Ooh. Now, it, billions. Billions and billions say. of dollars. Right. But they don't say what Xanthos's collection is of. And I was like, is it a collection of dildos? Is it a. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is It's a priceless item. But I mean, I guess we just have to assume it's something classy because he's so very rich and he has an estate and whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it was, a, he, well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> So then he's telling this to all these reporters, right? And so the reporters are there and they're like, well, have you have you picked the two teams yet? And these reporters are very like reportery. Have you picked the two teams? And he says, 
No, I haven't. We're still searching for people who are appropriate. And then the next shot is of Jeb and the Holograms and Starlight Girls. I wonder who will be on these mysterious teams. What do you, you think? You never know. On Jim and the Holograms, it's always a mystery. So, yes, yeah, so the Jim and the Starlight Girls, they're playing uh, volleyball. And yay. It's super mm-hmm. exciting, right? They're playing volleyball. But the whole point is, is how, you know, all the Starlight Girls, they look up to Jim and the other holograms. And like one of them, she's super good. She's the one with like the, the short blonde, like, asymmetrical hair who I don't think I ever learned her name <laughs> but she's always there she's one of the ones who's always been there mm-hmm. um and she's all like and Jim's like you've become such a great volleyball player she's like I just learned today but you were my teacher Jim and you're the best and I'm like why are they trying to make us why are they trying to pretend like these women pay attention to these girls like that mm-hmm. come on and that they're good at everything yeah there's that too I'm just like I don't buy it I don't buy it at all yeah yeah that was a little that was a little weird I mean because it's not backed up by prior episodes. It is not. But then we get a song, Take the Time, in which we are shown more evidence, uh, an orgy of evidence of how Gem and the Holograms always take the time to be with the Starlight Girls and to teach them things like sewing and music composition and volleyball. And mm. this is like planting the seeds that will grow, these women will grow into famous composers, Olympic volleyball players, and other such things. In the 1992 Olympics. 1992 Olympics. Wasn't this in 1996? This show aired? No, it was 80s. Damn it, I just looked on Netflix. It was like 1987, I think, that this episode was Mm. on the air. Interesting. Interesting. Well then... That's one continuity strangeness. Who knows what the animators are thinking? Yeah. But what did you think of the video uh, other than that? Uh, it's fine. I, I actually had forgotten about it about halfway through the episode. I was like, <laughs> we haven't had any songs yet. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, no, wait, we've we've had one song. It's But it was like a long time with no songs in this episode. It was, I don't remember it. And I watched like an hour ago. So it was... Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it, obviously, or I would have remembered it. So I'm going to say it was fine. Yeah, it's an okay song melodically. But like I said, I I don't buy it, given the context of everything else we've seen, that these women spend this much time with these girls. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no, this was this was their once a month, uh, once a month, like we have to spend an afternoon with the kids so they they feel special. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to teach them volleyball and then we're going to go away on a cruise and leave them with Mrs. Bailey and never be heard from again. Right. Yep. That's how it goes. Well, of course, uh, after the song and uh, after the volleyball game, the camera pans to Xanthos's assistant assistant standing in the shadows with video. <laughs> Basically Which going is like really weird. They're always in the shadows. These people, these billionaires and their assistants. Just standing in bushes. Um, <laughs> but basically, video has been like, so the Starlight Girls should be one of the teams for your thing because Starlight Girls. And so the woman is like, yes, look at these Starlight Girls. They're, they have volleyball and they have the love of rock stars. <laughs> they're perfect. And they're Starlight Girls. Right. They're perfect. Little underprivileged little girls are perfect for this episode. 
fine, whatever. Now, because this is the Gem and the Hologram show, and because this woman is like, there's going to be two, or, or Xantha said, there's going to be two teams, and clearly one of the teams is going to be the Starlight Girls. How much do you, what is your guess as to what the ne- the other team is going to be made up of, Aline? I Like I said, it's so hard to tell with Jim and the Holograms. I mean, it's we see such a rotating cast of characters. Of course, Jim and the Holograms are always the same. Um, but I don't know. It could be anybody. Anyone. Anyone. But I do wonder a little bit. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen Pizzazz and the Misfits. So I don't know. Maybe they'll show up in this episode. Maybe. Oh, look. In the very next scene... <laughs> Eric has brought the misfits to Skid Row. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure, I don't remember all that clearly, but I'm pretty sure there was a sign somewhere that said Skid Row. He has brought the misfits to Skid Row. And the misfits are like, why are we here? What is happening? What is going on? And Eric is like, just be quiet. It'll become apparent in a moment. And then, well, Pizzazz is standing there looking angry about everything. These young women come up to her, like they're teenage girls. They come up to her, they're like, Pizzazz, yay! And Pizzazz is like, oh my God, get these small children away from me. Right. I hate children, what's happening? <laughs> and Eric is like, stop, stop it. Just keep your cool. And then he opens up his trunks and he's like, free meals. And they're like, yay, free meals. And I'm like, okay, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> what is happening? Stranger, yeah, it's um, so often in the show, the plot is... uh the events are not explained to Pizzazz and the Misfits. It's a whole lot of Eric, like, coming up with a harebrained scheme and then being like, just go along with it, Pizzazz, and not explaining it. And then it's like we get this, you know, because obviously the audience needs the slow reveal of of what's happening. But, I mean, every episode of the show, I'm like, if you just talk to each other, things would be so much better. But they don't. Talk, talking to people is a good thing. And yet there is no talking that happens, especially when Eric no. is involved. Yes. <laughs> we don't he's, talk to Eric. He's too busy intimidating people with his eyebrows. Mm-hmm. He does it so well. He learned that from his dad. It's like the one thing he got that he inherited from Papa, <laughs> Papa Raymond. <laughs> so... Then, of course, the the reason behind all this is revealed when the assistant woman, Christine, Xanthos's assistant, walks up and she's like, so do do the misfits come to Skid Row often and bring meals to the starving children? He's like, yes, yes, they do all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're philanthropists for mm-hmm. sure. And I was like, this Christine woman, she's no good at reading body language because anybody can look at pizzazz and tell that she wants to kill those children instead of <laughs> nourish them. I don't know. And then he calls them the misfit girls. Like they actually, uh-huh. like he's, he's pretending they have a name. Like they're starlight girls, they're misfit girls. I'm like, you could have maybe tried to come up with another name because misfit girls doesn't actually sound like a charity. That just sounds like you just call them some children, some names. I, it's like right off the red-nosed reindeer, the island of misfit toys. Right. Or the like land that. of misfit toys. It's Yeah, it's kind of like that. I totally agree. Yeah, this is not the part I like. I like it later. Okay. Well, we're, I mean, we're getting we're getting to the part. But yeah, all of this, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is another, this is another Gem and the Holograms episode. I'm buckled in. Well, 
All I can say is that this Christine woman must have not had any other applicants because she's like, yes, this all looks on the up and up. I have seen you pass out these meals to these young ladies. And now I am convinced that the misfits should be on our other team. I'll go back and tell Santos. Okay, thanks. Bye. Right. And I'm not going to use the millions of dollars that are presumably at my disposal to do a little bit like three and a half minutes of research to figure out if this is a legit thing or not. Exactly. Oh, welcome to the show. Um, but so she's convinced that she goes away and Pizzazz demands some explanations from Eric. And he tells her about the prize and how it would be great for their reputation or whatever. And then there's, of course, a prize. And then the the misfit girls who mere minutes before were trying to hug Pizzazz are like, yo, give us our money, yo. And of course, they're all like tough girls from the streets. I would say hooligans. Hooligans is a good term for what they are. I also was highly amused by how two of them had the multicolored hair. And I was like, is this what happened when like punk rockers had had children and they just (laughs) left them on Skid Row? Like literally they were just sit here, baby. And then they just left. And then these girls, that's what happened. Well, I was I was thinking about how it's been established that that what we consider unnatural hair colors are natural hair colors in this universe. Like we have Rhea with her pink hair and, uh, and Kimber with, you know, that, I don't know, like reddish orangish color. That's not quite natural. And so I was looking at one of them who has like two tone hair, like the front is a color and the back is like yellow. And I was like, that's some really interesting genetics she has, but um, I'm wondering if she dyed it because we I mean, we haven't seen anyone with two toned hair like that. I'm really, really analyzing the genetics of these cartoons. <laughs> I think that these girls might like I, I think the implication here is that punk is a race. And and therefore they're like the children of punk groupies. And and that's why their hair is two toned. I that is my genetic theory mm. for this day. It explains a lot. I mean, because it's in their genes. They can't help it. Whatever they do, they have yep. an excuse. It's it's genetic. Also, and- yes. Also, they insist on payment. They say, you know, because they, they, Stormer says something and she's like, what are your names? And they're like, what's it to you? You know, because they're being toughies. And, and they basically tell Stormer and the others that, um, you know, if they if they want something from them, then they better be prepared to pay for favors. And I was like, paying for favors. <laughs> from They're, some just girls They're just kids. They're just kids. I mean, this cartoon is pretty dark, so. <laughs> oh, and cash in advance. They want you to know. Mm-hmm. Well, they grew up in a tough neighborhood. They know. But they are just kids. They are just kids, but they're old enough that this has connotations that are probably completely inappropriate, but whatever. Yeah. So, but of course, I love that Stormer is super concerned about them. They're like, stop being concerned about us, lady. <laughs> I like that Stormer's concerned. I so appreciate concerned that about her. her. Yeah. True to form. Well, back at the uh, strangely rich house of Xanthos, he receives a report from his assistant and in his wisdom 
decides that the Starlight Girls and the, quote, Misfit Girls, unquote, are both worthy and they will be the teams. Hooray! Mm-hmm. Hooray! Mm-hmm. Wait, it's... I don't understand... Was it explained in the beginning and I just missed it? Like, why... Why are they looking for orphan children? They didn't even really say orphan children. He just said he was looking for teams. I mean, he may have said something about underprivileged something, something, but I don't even think that was specified. He was just like some teens. And then she went looking for orphan children. Okay. I guess. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. It's There's a lot of shaky premise here. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm catching up. I'm liking it less. Convince me, Tempest. I mean, this isn't even the most objectionable part of this episode. Like, it's just a lead up to the part where I'm like, why? Why are we here? All right. Okay. So, um, so the Starlight Girls and Misfits Girls, they're the teams. And, and then Jem escorts three of the Starlight Girls. And oddly enough, not the volleyball playing asymmetrical hair girl. No, no, no. It's uh, Chrissy, Ashley, and Bonnie. They're being escorted mm-hmm. by Jem uh, to this fancy mansion which they are not intimidated by because they live in a fancy mansion. So there you go. And uh, Pizzazz is escorting the misfit girls uh, to the the mansion as well. And then Xantos, Xanthos, I keep wanting to call him Xanatos. <laughs> I, I keep thinking um, Menthos, which is completely wrong. That is completely wrong, but that's okay. Completely it's wrong. Just, it's, it's easy to get confused. Um, but uh, Xanthos is telling them that it's a, it's a literature-themed uh, treasure hunt and that they all have to solve these book-based riddles um, to get the map to get all the way to the end. So, like, he's going to give them an initial map, and then they have to go to whatever the X is, and then they talk to whoever is at that place. And if they answer the riddle correctly, then they get the next map, and they can move on and on and on. And then <laughs> finally they can get the key which opens the treasure. Like, woo. Okay. So, of course, of course, the Misfits girls are cheating with the help of Tech Rat. Why would they not? I mean, Misfits. Misfits yeah, girls. Yeah. I mean, basically, because, you know, at one point, Possessed says to them, remember, winning is everything and nothing else matters. And I was like, that's pretty Possessed for you. Mm-hmm. It's true. But, uh, so Eric and Tech Rat are in a van somewhere <laughs> and they have given one of the Misfits girls, Molly, uh, a, a brooch that's attached to her outfit. That's actually a two way radio. And then she has like a little earpiece in her ear. And weird. Okay. It is. It was really weird. weird. And she like would talk into the brooch and then like they could talk to her through the earpiece. Yeah, I. I mm. <laughs> they went to the spy supply store like i don't know this is all very like jim and the holograms like this is all very um consistent with the show so i'm just like at this point i'm like yeah okay that's that's, I, that's not how i would do things but okay <laughs> but what, what i find interesting is that you know i don't know how they found out what the parameters of this thing were but i guess they just figured it was you know whatever riddles they were they could handle it but here's the thing that I found super interesting. Tech Rat was, is in his van that's parked somewhere. He's not in, his, in a house or anything. They're in a van. 
And, or no, maybe they are in a house, but whatever. Anyway, he's somewhere where he can hear the the questions and then he's going to type the question and take his, his computer and get an answer. In the internet. They had the internet in the right. 80s. Tech Rat has the internet mm-hmm. and he also has Google. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but Google hadn't been invented yet and the internet was still only being used by college students and but, and the government. I mean, Synergy is looking up credit card numbers. So again, I'm just that like... That is true. Okay, I'm just going to go with it because like we have, we've already, we already have this, I don't know, like internet headcanon precedent that I'm just like, well, Tech Rat's pretty smart. Maybe he tapped into whatever it was that, um, that, what's his face? Um, <laughs> Emmett Bennett. Yeah, thank you. That, that Mr. Bennett tapped into and, you know, there we go. Like, I, I, I guess I'm ready. I'm, I'm willing to, to be generous with it, even though it's completely implausible because it's just like Synergy has all this stuff that's completely implausible. So I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. That, we, we can go with that. Yeah, I can I can feel that because it's really actually not the most implausible thing that has happened with Tech Rat and technology. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and there are episodes Seriously. coming up that are like, wait a minute, he, he did what now with that, with 1987 equipment, really? So there's I things do- coming up. I do have to say, I was super excited to see Tech Rat, and it's all because of you. Like, I hated Tech Rat the first couple of episodes, and and you you brought me around to him. So I saw Tech Rat, and I was like, yes, it's a Tech Rat episode, and and we haven't seen Rio in a while. So this is like double bonus land. This is awesome. Right? It's so the I, best. No yeah. Rio. Like, thank you. Thank you for, for turning me on to Tech Rat, because I like him now. That's awesome. He is, he's my, he's my bud, Tech Rat. And we will see so much more of him. I can't wait. I hope there so, are more. Oh, yeah. So um, as the girls set out with their initial maps into this estate, which this, the grounds of this estate are just ridiculous. I mean, this, right? uh, this is too massive. much stuff. It's, it's massive. Like, it's like, a, 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 like Versailles, like it's. Yeah. Grounds upon grounds upon mazes upon grounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what again? Like this Xanthos guy, he he pings so many supervillain vibes for me. Like other than the fact that his name sounds a lot like Xanthos <laughs> to me, but also just like, why do you need like huge amounts of of grounds? Why do you have a hedge maze? Why have you built a castle? Why did you build these rivers and just? He just built all this up and like right Waterfalls. next to a city. Yeah, like huge, right next to a city. I said, what else is this for? But horrible supervillain games. But no, it's just for the amusement of small orphan children. Okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> He's thinking sure of do. the children. Well, people think of the children. I guess so. But So Jem reminds the Starlight Girls that playing fair is the most important thing, even more than winning the prize. And as I said before, the misfits, you know, possess us to the misfit girls. Winning is everything. Mm-hmm. There you go. Very in character. Mm-hmm. So the misfit girls come across their first clue, which is some Native American dude in a oh. boat. Who says his name is Hiawatha. Oh. It's like, okay, cool. And the riddle is, where was he born? <laughs> and then Molly whispers into the brooch on her shirt mm-hmm. really loudly and she has no no subtlety whatsoever right 
where was he born? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm sure that Hiawatha's actor is not really paid to care, but that was really obvious. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's even worse later when she's like, hey, Eric, what's this answer? Right. You know, it's, yeah, I, I mean, we'll get there, but I was waiting for the end for it to be like, and these people cheated and like they get pushed into like a mud pit or something. I don't know. But I was like, okay, you know, I don't know. Like this will not stand. And it kind of, kind of, kind of did. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, there wasn't enough retribution for that, like, let's just say. But we'll get to that. But so they they cheat and they find the name or they find where he was born on the shores of Gichigumi, in case that you have not read that particular book. And then they go running off. And so this is. So Alex isn't here with us this week, as you have surmised. But Alex is usually one who makes detailed notes. Of mm-hmm. all the things that happened in the episode. And so when I got to this part of the episode, when I was doing the gem rewatch and I was looking through the things, I totally was like, and then they keep doing this over and over. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't write down like what the it's Starlight true. Girls, who the Starlight Girls met. I can't remember who they met at first. I know at some point they meet the Three Musketeers, but that's later. I can't remember who the first literary figure is that they meet, but they meet a literary figure. So it was the first literary do they even show it? They do. They show it. Because cause what it is is that each time they come across, you know, somebody to give them a clue, mm-hmm. one of, uh, it's a different Starlight Girl that comes up with the answer. Uh, so all three of them get a chance to come up with the answer. Um, and can't see where, like, this is one of the reasons why this episode annoys me. So the Starlight Girls all know pretty much immediately the answers to these literary questions. And it's not like they're super hard. But the whole point of it is, is that the Starlight Girls are literate and have read a lot of things, which I guess we can attribute to Gem and the Hologram's great caretaking right. as they have made them read things and made them go to school. Meanwhile, the Misfits Girls, who live on Skid Row, don't know the answers to these literary questions and have to ask for help and have to cheat and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, great. Lovely. The whole point is that you should read. Like, I get that that's the point of this episode. But can we talk about how these underprivileged girls who live on Skid Row, who have clearly been failed by the system, are supposed to know the answer to where Hiawatha was born? Yeah, we can talk about that. Because I'm, I kind of feel like they're underprivileged girls. Like, oh, no, they don't know the answers to to questions of great literature. Uh, Of course they don't. Of course they don't, but it was it was an esoteric billionaire who uh, stuff who can't see like is like, oh, I have this great idea. It'll be fabulous. Let's do it. And like I don't know. I know a lot of people with money who are kind of like that, who don't think things through. Um, but yeah, it's weird. I mean, that, that that premise is weird, like that it's underprivileged children who were going to quiz on things that I haven't like, I I haven't read most of the books that they talked about and I'm pretty yeah. highly literate, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and that was the other thing. I was like, all the girls who are participating in this are some of them look like they could be high school age, like freshman, sophomore, but I'm pretty sure the Bonnie is eight. 
or nine or something. Yeah, those. You know? Yeah. yeah. So I I don't get why they thought that some middle to high school kids might know about the Song of Hiawatha. Right. The Three Musketeers, maybe. But I know that I, I wasn't allowed to read The Three Musketeers until I was way into high school. Yeah, I think I think what I loved about this episode was like, um, I like I like problem solving and and solving puzzles and I like reading and I like like all these things that that are geeky like the well I was gonna say the geeky parts of my personality but I have so many geeky parts of my personality it's probably easier to name the ones that aren't but like these things that I love so much were kind of brought to life and I was like oh wouldn't that be really cool like not having the quote misfit girls unquote but like being like having the opportunity to go on this uh really neat scavenger hunt on these really elaborate grounds I mean the dude has waterfalls how cool is waterfalls (laughs) I don't want to go through waterfalls what the hell was pizzazz thinking no we're not gonna do that we'll get what (laughs) screw that go through the waterfall the waterfall Um, yeah you know, so so those are the things I like. So I guess I like my imagination more than the implementation of the episode. But I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. Like, I like going to Renaissance festivals and seeing people pretend that they are people who have been dead for a long time and were very sick. So I don't yeah. know. No, no. I, and I can, I can definitely, like, I feel you on that because I also would love to do something like this. I think that what what it was for me watching the girls go through this and being like, uh, is because it was really clear that this was like the mandated GSA about literacy episode. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, yes, we all know reading is good. Cheating is bad. But the thing that these girls get to do is really cool. And I do love that, you know, the Starlight girls super appreciate it. And the Misfits girls come to appreciate it sort of kind of in a way, Mm. but mostly it's just the Starlight girls. Um, they appreciate it. So yeah. uh, so after the Hiawatha thing and whatever thing the Starlight Girls had to do, because I still can't remember. So there was there was the Arabian Nights. There was, did they have the Three Musketeers? No, they had King Arthur. What was the other one? They also had Three Musketeers. So you're right. It was Scheherazade first. That's who they encountered right. first. The Starlight okay. Girls, Scheherazade. Uh, and then after Scheherazade and after Hiawatha, the Misfits, girls see the starlight girls and they try to drown bunny in the in the river <laughs> because, because pizzazz, because is, pizzazz is their mentor yeah yeah pizzazz has known them for like what a day and already they're trying to like kill people <laughs> so i'm like oh well that's appropriate but hiawatha saves bonnie from drowning which is great but she still has to walk around in soaking wet clothes for the rest of this episode which they never mentioned yeah, it it was a warm, it was a warm day. She dried, not humid, warm, dry, like a Phoenix day. She dried quick, I bet, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Also, at, at, at this point where Bonnie almost drowns, one of the Misfits girls, uh, the one who's named Sandra, who I think was meant to be Latina, and also, oddly enough, was not one who had strangely colored hair, like her hair was just black. Mm-hmm. She betrays a little bit of sympathy for Bonnie and her girlfriends tell her to hush up and let's keep going. 
And I'm like, oh, she's the stormer of the group. That is adorable. She is the stormer of the group. I wonder if that was conscious. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, But no matter, because the Misfits girls steal the Starlight Girls map. And now we have to listen to a terrible Misfits song. Yeah. And the name of that song is... Mm. I have forgotten... Hold on, let me look Google. it up really I'm fast. like, Google, <laughs> Google, we have legitimate internet. We can figure this out. Yes. Uh, okay, hold on. I, I only have minimal use of my uh, computer here because I have it up high so that I can talk directly into the microphone. Uh, this is wow. season two. This makes for good podcasting. <laughs> Episode, uh, which, Eight. Are we further than that? No, it's eight. And I'm looking at the... Oh, yeah. Take the time. Really wasn't here. And I'm okay. Was also playing. Here we go. Ahead of the game. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So then we have to uh, listen to a Bad Misfits song called Ahead of the Game, uh, in which Pizzazz is like, you got to stay ahead of the game in order to win and also cheat and some stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you have any particular feelings about the song? No. Again, it was just... Kind of, I, I do remember listening to it and thinking, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no, no comments on the video. No, like, I'm very, very neutral about the songs in, in this episode. Yeah, it's pretty much just, you know, the, the, the misfits, girls running away, hiding, running away, and hiding, and running away again. Mm-hmm. They're ahead of the game. Mm hmm. Because they run. So they're because ahead. Because they run. And they managed to get the Starlight Girls lost in a hedge maze. Which, once we get to the hedge maze, I was like, once again, this dude, how do you have all this space right. <laughs> around your mansion? Oh my God, there's enough space for a hedge maze. And it's giant. And I started thinking about The Shining. I was like, yes. Hmm, what's going to go on here? Jack Torrance is going to come around a corner. <laughs> All the girls are going to be like, oh, I know what book you're from before he literally murders them. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> Terrible people. Uh, <laughs> He's going to be like, yeah, we're not putting this out. Let's re-record because this is. But I mean, like, I don't know. Like, you've got a you've got a show about literature and you have a hedge maze in a place that's kind of weird and I think it's pretty I don't know I'm justifying it to myself maybe I think it's pretty normal to be like sure The Shining is. has these elements in it it's got books in it or like trying to write books and it's got a hedge maze where like maybe one shouldn't actually be and yeah maybe there was a secret Stephen King Jim and the Holograms crossover but when they showed it to the censors the censors were like we cannot put this on television what's wrong with you <laughs> written under a pen name Richard Bachman <laughs> oh god oh, man. well Jack Torrance does not leap out from behind the hedge maze and uh, go after them with an axe and once again reading is what saves them because Ashley says that she read something about mazes in a book that if you follow, if you just keep following one wall, eventually you'll come out. And they do and they escape, but they're like super behind. Is that actually true? I feel like that might not actually be true. Well, 
Well, no, like it has to be. I mean, basically, really? if you choose the wrong direction and you keep following the wall, eventually you'll come to the Where center of the base or, the, or a dead end or something. But then if you just keep, you know, tracing back, eventually you are going to have to get back to the beginning somehow by following a wall. Science. Science. Okay, I'll believe you. Um, I believe hey, everything I, you say, Tempest. And actually, I remembered this episode once when I was trying to, like, solve a maze on paper. I wasn't in a hedge maze. But I feel like using that trick, I was able to solve the maze. Okay. So. Now we're going to have people emailing us and being like, right. mazes don't work like that. <laughs> so the the misfits, of course, get to the next clue before the the Starlight Girls do. And, of course, and again, Molly is still really unsubtle about asking for Eric's help. And nobody calls them on it. And um, and once again, I'm like, wow, that internet is really fast back in 1987. Because TechRack comes yes. up with that answer <laughs> really quickly. Yep. It it wasn't dial-up. It was it was something better. Mm-hmm. And the Starlight Girls, they get to a clue. I think it was at King Arthur's Castle. And then they get to the Musketeers clue. There's lots of clues, whatever. But <laughs> then the drama comes mm-hmm. because uh, the nice one, of the Misfits girls, the Stormer, whose name is Sandra, she trips and falls as they're running through the woods and hurts her ankle. And then she's like, oh, my ankle's hurt. I can't run. And Pizzazz is like, I don't care. Goodbye. Right. You got a game to win. You got to stay here on the ground and we don't care about you. She's like, no, don't leave me. She's like, nope, got to go. Winning is everything. And they run away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, hi, Pizzazz. You're very Pizzazzy today. She is very, very pizzazzy. She is. Yeah. It's really yeah. sad. So they just leave her. Like, I don't know. Presumably the guy had realized that one of the contestants was missing and looked for her. I don't know. Uh, I think she would have died out there, actually. <laughs> the state is way too vast. And Jack Torrance was already sort of limping around behind the Starlight Girl. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> So, of course, of course, because this is Gem and the Holograms, the Starlight Girls do come upon her as they're, like, running to their next clue or whatever. Mm. And um, they see her, you know, lay down on the ground. And she tells them what happened. She's like, you know, my team left me, whatever. And one of the girls is like, well, we can't leave her here. We have to take her with us. And she's like, no, no, you go. Don't let Pizzazz and Molly win. And they're like, Gem, what should we do? And Gem's like, I can't help you. And I'm like, oh, Gem. <laughs> Like, that wasn't really, like, there was a rule about that. There was a rule that, like, the adults couldn't help, but. This is a little extreme. This this is is outside of the thing. Yeah. 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 But basically, Jem tells them that they have to put on their big girl panties and make decisions. Which is okay. Like, yeah. She's like, you have to do the right thing. They're like, fine. So they do. They they pick up Sandra and they limp to the docks (laughs) where there is a boat waiting and uh, with the clue. And um, then that they was not the time period appropriate, by the way. It was not because like the boat was, I don't even remember who that guy was supposed to be, but he was just like a pirate. I, I feel like it was the Pirates of Penzance, but that wasn't a book. So I don't know. Probably not. He was Long John Silver, wasn't he? Something like that. I do not remember. We need Alex. Um, I miss you, Alex. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but they get the clue right. And they, but they see that Pizzazz and the Misfits girls are already on their boat that is also like a total anachronism because it's like a speed boat, but it's supposed mm-hmm. to be, I think it's supposed to be like, not Homer, 
Odysseus. That's supposed to be Odysseus in that boat. It has a speedboat. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it does when you're in a hurry. Well, I guess so. Um, <laughs> so they jump in the boat and they're like, hurry, we have to go to this island. He's like, okay, let's go. And it's a race to the finish. And mm-hmm. they're speeding to the island. They get on it. And the girls leap out of the boat. And they go running, and Jem stays behind with Sandra. She's like, go, go, stay here with Sandra, make sure she's okay. And they run, and they run, and they run, and they find the X, and they find the key, and Molly and Ashley both grab the key at the same time, and they wrestle for it, and then Molly snatches it away. Oh, no. Have the Misfits girls won? I think so. End of story. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We can't have the Misfits girls winning things. That would be completely against formula. It's true. Wait, there's a formula? Pretty much. Hmm. <laughs> Hadn't noticed. It's a, it's very similar to the formula that was in every other the, episode. Well, it was also employed on the TV show The Dukes of Hazard. Did you ever watch The Dukes of Hazard? I don't think I did. Like, I know Um, what it is. I know some references, but I don't think I ever watched it. My grandmother loved them Duke boys. And so I watched a lot of Dukes of Hazzard when I was a little kid because I would be with my grandma. And I remember even as like a child of five or six, watching the Dukes of Hazzard and being like, I know exactly what's going to happen. Because at the beginning of the episode... They would get into some kind of scrape or whatever with the deputy and then or the sheriff, the sheriff, and, and they would escape. Mm-hmm. And then the real, you know, conflict of the episode was introduced. And it usually had something to do with Boss Hogg bringing in some people from outside to do something shady. Then the Duke boys would stumble upon this shadiness or Daisy, their cousin, would stumble upon the shadiness and tell the Duke boy. And then wearing the Duke her. boys, right, wearing her short shorts. Mm-hmm. So then the Duke boys would go and like run into them or seek them out or whatever and get into a conflict with them that first involved a car chase and then involved a fist fight. And they would always lose that first confrontation. They would get beat up, they would get run off the road, like whatever it was, they would always lose. And then they would go back to the farm and Daisy would, you know, dab something on their wounds. And Uncle Jesse would give sage old man with a beard advice. And then something else would happen where they would learn something. And then there would be a second confrontation and they would win. And that was the end of the episode. That was the formula for every Dukes of Hazard episode I ever saw in my young childhood. And I just remember one day watching an episode and being like, wait a minute. I know exactly how this is going to go. And I haven't seen this episode. So Gem and the Holograms has a formula, too, sometimes, especially with episodes with the Misfits, that actually is kind of the same, where, you know, whatever, earlier in the episode, you know, they came across the Misfits girls, and the Misfits girls got the upper hand. They they mm-hmm. snatched away the thing. There was a song that we all had to live through. Whatever. Now, here at the end, the Starlight girls are going to have to be triumphant, because that's the formula. Yeah, it it it, it is. But we still have to live through some suspense. We do. And another riddle. More riddles. Because, yes, the Xanthos was actually the guy dressed up as Long John Silver or whatever. 
And his assistant, Christine, was the one who was dressed up as Scheherazade. And they witnessed this key fight. And then so she's <laughs> like, I, I saw the girls touch the key at the same time. We got to have a tiebreaker. And they're like, mm-hmm. okay, here we go. And then he just spouts off this. He's just like, closed I am nothing. Open I contain multitudes. I don't even remember <laughs> and it was immediately like, it's a book. And Justin was like, no, it's your eyes. And I was like, no. <laughs> It's a book. <laughs> what are you even talking about right now? It's right, a book. It was, just, it was completely like, you know, oh, the epic Homeric poetry that is the riddle of the book. And so, stupidly, Molly, once again, literally was like, Eric, what's the answer? It's her blouse. Oh, my God. Yep. And, of course, and then, then Dentos. Yep. It's like, what is this? Which is the come up that you were waiting for? Was it well? But no, because it's like, what is this? And Pizzazz is like, you can't prove nothing. And then they're like, oh, I guess you're right. Like we can't open this up and actually prove that they've been cheating with their magic internet that hasn't been really available yet. And you know, like I was, I was waiting for this, like this lesson about cheating and whatever. And instead, it's just like, eh. Like, I know the answer, and they left me, so I'm switching teams. And I'm like, can you oh, do yeah. that? Is that a thing? No, that was great. That was actually great because you're just like, wait a minute. We're not even going to address this whole thing where Sandra's been talking into her jewelry. And I was like, well, you can't prove anything. And I'm like, well, but he can tell her that they, they can't win the thing. Right. Whatever. Have you also noticed, like, so this is maybe the 15th time that some contest has has popped up on this show. And and the contest rules somehow don't allow them to just throw people out for cheating. But I thought they didn't know. I guess it was just disqualification if your, um, we'll say mentor, helps you. Yeah, but they didn't say anything about mm-hmm. talking to the radio on your blouse. I guess they should have really thought about that ahead of time. This Santos guy. I mean, that seems kind of implicit to me, but I... Obviously not. Mm. Well, um, even despite the fact that Molly has been caught cheating, yes, Sandra is the one who pops up with the answer. She's like, it's a book. And the Misfits girls are like, yay, we won, we won. And Sandra's like, uh-uh, y'all left me in a ditch on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. Screw you and your mamas who don't yep. exist. I'm joining the Starlight Girls team. And so the girls are like, yay, Sandra, we love you. We'll never see you again, but... We'll never see you again. That was, I, that was my thing. I was like, okay, wait a minute. Jem knows that this poor, unfortunate girl is a poor, unfortunate girl. Right. Why doesn't she say, no, you can come live with us because I run a foster organization? Right. She could have literally said that. Right. Yeah, I, I was kind of waiting for something, like, for her to be like... I guess I'm going to go back home to the street now and Jim to be like, oh, no, let me take you in. Nope, and she's going to ride on back to that street. <laughs> right. With the With very expensive book. she just crossed. Right. Yeah, it's very weird. It's not okay. I mean, I feel like they should have least pretended that Sandra could have maybe been a Starlight Girl. I know that they probably couldn't have added any more Starlight Girls because it probably meant that, like, they would have to make a doll for her and all this stuff. But I'm just saying, they could have tried. Right. Oh, and by the way, in, in the middle of all this, Eric broke Tech Rat's computer. Oh, right. And 
I feel like that's that's also part of the formula. Like whenever Tech Rat shows up, Eric or one of the misfits has to destroy his thing, whatever right. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Tech Rat. Poor Tech Rat. His hair still makes me think of the fifth element though, Tempest. Like I don't know. It's it's true. Yeah. Well, the message here, just in case you all weren't aware, is that you should read stuff and also you should stick by your friends and not leave them on the side of the road in a ditch. Right. And, Life and lesson, find, kids. find millionaires who can do cool contests for first edition signed books. Right. Because that's the, that's the prize. The key mm-hmm. opens up a glass bookshelf where there are all these first edition books that he lets eight to 13 year old girls pick out. Mm-hmm. And keep. I'm just saying. It's not like, we're going to keep these somewhere safe for you until you're old enough to not, like, rip the pages out. Mm-mm. There's yeah. a copy of Alice in Wonderland in there signed by Lewis Carroll. I I, I, I dispute that that's what Lewis Carroll's signature looked like, though. <laughs> it was very loopy. It was. It was very loopy. And, like, like Lewis Carroll was not taught loopy handwriting. Um, He was taught, like, probably, like, the Palmer method, which is kind of more angular. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> these are things I know about. <clears throat> I love that you know Sweet. that. I love that you know that. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was kind of weird. Like, I'm a nerd. Hi, I'm a nerd. I like handwriting. Um, cool. So... <laughs> Yeah, this, I mean, I totally get where you're coming from, but I guess uh, as far as like this not being a great episode, but we've had so many that are so much worse than this one that I'm just like, this one's not bad. Like, it's not definitely not up there with the the best episodes, but, you know, they're not, they're not in a canyon in cowboy bathing suits. Like, That's true. But we do have to suffer through a gem singing about how great books are. Open a book is the final song of this, and it's not that great. No, yeah, these songs, this whole episode is just like, okay, they they had songs. I yeah. forgot about some of them before the episode was over. Yeah, no, no, it's because they're all very forgettable songs. Like the, yeah. all the songs in this episode are songs I'm like, I don't even want to listen to this uh, ever. And and it features Jim dancing around to like some sort of calypso beat. Which I don't understand where that came from either. I'm like, were they they were playing with styles that day? What is happening? But um, but and of course, what, what I find most interesting about to hear the end of this story is that um, when the misfit girls find out what the great priceless treasure is is books, they're like, books? Who needs books? Why do anybody want books? Books suck. And I'm like, this is a literature themed treasure hunt. You not? Did you think that you were getting a million dollar check or a gold coin at the end of this? No, of course you were going to get books. Well, but they don't, like, Pizzazz is their mentor. And anytime money, I don't know, like, anytime a contest is involved, the point just flies above Pizzazz's head. This is true. She's not, she's just trying to win. Right, yeah. Winning everything. You know, Eric's always like, it's, you know, it's going to be money, and I like money, and... Um, and Pizzazz is like, I have to win because that's just who I am. And they don't think. They just do things. Yeah. I think that could yeah. be the subtitle, Gem and the Holograms, <laughs> where Pizzazz and Eric don't think. They just do things. Yes. And that is the show. Yes. The other weird thing I find. Yeah. So in the in the video for this open a book, all the girls open a book and are transported into 
worlds they never knew. Uh, Which as does not to the actually lyric. happen. I've, I've, it did not actually kind happen. Kind of deceiving. A little bit, but I mean, it's it's you know a, an allegory for the imagination or a parable. I don't, well, whatever. It's supposed to stand up for the imagination. <laughs> that's thing. great. And even the misfits girls, when they open their imaginary books and have their imaginary um, you know times with knights and stuff, like even they sort of get into it. But the thing that I really don't buy is that at the end of the thing. All the girls try to press a book into Pizzazz's hand and Pizzazz recoils as if they were trying to give her poop. <laughs> they burn her. Right? Like, like books burn her. Like she has this look of horror on her face. And I was like, I don't believe that. You, know, you can tell me that Pizzazz doesn't care about, you know, first editions and great literature. Okay, fine. But Pizzazz is a reader. You know that Pizzazz reads like Tom Clancy and Barbara Taylor Bradford and Nora Roberts. You know she does. I don't know. I I, th- I think of Pizzazz as the person who reads the gossip magazines and not not anything longer than 50 pages. I don't know. Yeah. She would just read, you know, the the adventure or thriller or romance novels of the time. That's how I see Pizzazz. It's like a Tom Clancy, Nora Roberts kind of reader. Mm. See, I think of her as just, I. she's so, I wonder if she'd be able to sit down long enough to read, I guess is, mm-hmm. is my thought. That she's like, she's always so all over the place and she's always like going. You know, we see her sitting every once in a while, but for the most part, she's like up and pacing and, you know, sprinting and whatever and we don't she's not someone that we see sitting as much um so maybe that's kind of what's what's influencing my like my thought process with that like she's to see that yeah yeah I mean she's I don't know I was gonna say she's high energy but that's not accurate but there's something I don't know there's something there and my continuing analytics of Jim and the holograms characters and their backstories um, I don't know. I could see it either way, though. If if it was, I think I think it would have to be adventurous enough. Like she she would not be like a Danielle Steele reader. Maybe not. Yeah, yeah. Why she reads choose your own adventure books? Hmm. She is a choose your own adventure book. That is true. That is. True. You're mad at Jim. Do you? If you <laughs> jump into a bulldozer and try to run her over, turn to page thirty six. If you scream and run to your daddy for more money to buy Jim's label, turn to page 193. Oh my God, she is. She's a choose your own adventure novel. Yes, she is. That's awesome. Because she will always choose the bad decision to get a gem. (laughs) And that's okay. That's why we love her. We still feel bad for her after the events of last week's episode. So yeah. Oh, pizzazz. But it always ends in, you know, you are severely disappointed. <laughs> if you'd like to play again, turn to page one. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know. All the endings lead to severe disappointment for Pizzazz. All, the, <laughs> all of them. Yeah. Well, so that's the end of this clearly mandated PSA for reading. <laughs> that is the treasure hunt. I still liked it. I don't care. I liked it. Well, that's you good. have really that's good, good points. Good to- it's good that you liked it. 
It kind of felt like a pat on the head. I'm very happy for you, Aline. It's <laughs> lovely. I'm so happy for you. It's cool. It's cool. But we're going to have more reading PSA episodes before this whole shebang is over. Um. So yeah, we'll. I don't know that we'll ever see Xanthos. No, no, we will. We will see Xanthos again. I'm. I'm remembering oh my gosh, now. Seriously. Yes, we oh will see Xanthos again, and there'll okay. be another contest. And oh god. It just never ends with this dude. Okay. Are there mazes? There's no mazes in that no. one, but it's coming up. So yeah, this is not the end of Xanthos and his crazy library and his his contests that have no, I just don't even know. <laughs> um, there are going to be gumballs involved. I'll just say that. Giant, what? giant oh. gumballs. So, Framed. <laughs> but that's not next week. Next week is the episode Aztec Enchantment. In which we will go uh, to Mexico. Oh, is this um, is <laughs> is this going to be more cultural appropriation? Because there is some of that in this episode, and I still haven't recovered from the episode in China. So it's not as as problematic as the episode in China. It, okay. There are some things, but I think that between the episode in China and this one, somebody sat down there like, "So look, you can't do that." Again. <laughs> okay. All and right. so Aztec Enchantment is, is a little bit better. Uh, and we get to see Rhea's parents again, which I have missed Rhea's parents. Yay. You know yes. how I feel about Papa Alonzo. He's my favorite. He's awesome. Yep. I'm looking forward to it then. Awesome. So we we miss Alex. Hopefully he will be joining us again next week when we talk about Aztec Enchantment. But until that time, um, I'm Kate Deppis Bradford and you can find me doing some stuff somewhere um on the internet on social media <laughs> if you go to my website ktepisbradford.com you should also check out my new podcast called the right gear which just debuted uh last week uh as of this recording and so if you go to www.therightgear.com that's w r i t e you can find uh episodes and links and maybe someday soon a video and that web that podcast is all about the analog and digital tools that writers use to write. I love talking about analog and digital tools, so that's pretty awesome. I kind of wish that you'd called it the right stuff, and then you could have riffed on New Kids on the Block. Is oh, all I'm saying. God. <laughs> There's enough Donnie Wahlberg in my life as it is. <laughs> I don't think we need any more. Tell me more. Episodes of Blue Bloods just keep popping up. I'm like, stop it. No, I don't want to look at Donnie's face. Why are you eating a wall burger in front of me? Oh, God. Oh, no. Um, and Aline Sims is my other lovely co-host. You can find her at AleneMean.com. Mm-hmm. And she also hosts the podcast Less Than or Equal. And you're going to have to give us a euro for that one because I haven't memorized it. That's at relay.fm forward slash L-T-O-E. And what is Less Than or Equal about? So I get to talk to neat people about um, the things that they love and the things that they geek out about. Um, I have had a past guest named Kay Tempest Bradford. Um, oh, and it's actually, <laughs> it's actually one of my favorite episodes. Um, but... Oh. The catch is that the person I talk to is marginalized um, in some way. So I've talked to a lot of members of the LGBTQ community, a lot of women, a lot of people of color. Um, and I've even talked to, um, you know, like some some people who are 
more prominently represented about some of the missteps that they've made and lessons they've learned along the way. Um, so it's fun. Um, we get to talk about like just a lot of geekery. So I, I love doing it. We're all geeks here at Hologram Radio, and that sounds awesome. Hooray! Yeah. Yay! And speaking of Hologram Radio, if you go to hologramradio.org, you will be able to see a list of all the different shows under the Hologram Radio Aegis. And you will also find out that we have a Patreon page where if you really love the Gemcast or the Right Gear or any of the other Hologram Radio shows, you could go and say, I want to give you $5 a month or $10 a month or $100 a month to keep making these amazing podcasts that we love. So. If you go to hologramradio.org forward slash gemcast or just hologramradio.org, you should be able to find a link to all of that. And you can also go there to subscribe to this podcast or to any other podcast on Hologram Radio. And if you love this podcast, and I know you do because mm-hmm. we're the best, mm-hmm. we're so awesome. If you love this podcast, you should go to iTunes and you should leave a rating for us and, and let us know what it is you like about the podcast and how many stars it's worth to you. Five. So, Always yes. five. Oh, yes. I mean, yeah, naturally. Our, our last review was on December 22nd. So reviews help people find our show and they help people know that it's good and they should actually listen to it. And I mean, Gem and the Holograms is kind of a niche thing, especially since the movie was the worst thing ever. Oh, um, but... I don't know. I think it's a lot of fun. So maybe if you could leave a review and help people find us, that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. And the more reviews we get, the closer we get to me doing a video of me singing Ashley and the Starlight songs on YouTube. Wait, it's going to be a video? Yeah. If I leave a review, does it count? I don't think so. I think it has to be somebody from out there. Okay, people out there. I do. Oh, and have you talked about your your review of your earrings? Because I love that. And I know I'm derailing us a little bit, but. Oh, no, no, it's cool. Because we mentioned it last week, but just in case you did not hear last Mm -hmm. week's show, I got a hold of the Gemstar earrings that light up and they look just like Gem's earrings and everything. And so you need to go, you need to go to youtube.com slash Bradford to look at the video of me unboxing the earrings and putting them on and trying them. And you'll never believe what happens when I say Showtime mm. Synergy. It's one of my favorite YouTube videos ever. So I don't know. Yeah. Everybody loves an unboxing. So <laughs> go check that out. Leave a rating for us on iTunes. Subscribe. Go to Patreon. Give us some money. And we'll be back next week to talk about more Gem the Hologram stuff. Yay. Show's over, Synergy. <laughs>